Lebrogodoske. Just begin to pray right where you are. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Steer up the atmosphere. Kia mande lebrosko, kia dahaska, kila mando rokosoto kusheke kediba kasakatakaya, masada bagadose kedia dahasa kala mahasaya, mante kedia santa, lida bagadose kedegeriga dahasa kayange, roto koto kosete kedeba kasataya, ora sato toko sekete, shikarana mango toko soto, kurada bakasata, right where you are, steer up the atmosphere, resata kalamande rekesete, right in your home, steer up the atmosphere, right in your car, wherever you're watching me from, steer up the atmosphere, resoto koshika, charge it up with the presence of God, mesu bagadia santaya, Maruza gadie gede bogosa kia dagada goza gadadie zegedea ripodosa kia manto kozike ketekele mehese in the mighty name of Jesus kora maso toko ready bakasakata haya just worship and worship him worship him worship him worship him worship him koma sate lede bokoso rebrogo zeketekele lede bokoso ntoko shika kada bakasakaya if there's somebody right where you're watching and they're not watching with you just just go and invite them like and share the video send it to somebody else in Invite somebody, study watch party so that somebody else can be blessed too. Korande kesekete kele mendo roko soto koshika kada baka sakata kaya. Masada boko soto kodiba katakaya. In the mighty name of Jesus. 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 Uh, this is Apostle Michael Mucha. I just want to welcome you to Encounter. Uh, a new program that we are studying at ECCI. Uh, with me here is my wife, Pastor Ruth and the rest of ECCI family. So this is our first encounter program. Now, the reason why encounter, why have we started encounter? One of the uh, things that we, we, we have realized is that believers, we don't know how to host the presence of God outside of church. We don't know how to be in God's presence when it's not church time. The only time that we have enjoyed the presence of God is that we've done it inside of the building, inside of church. When we go home, we don't know how we can capture the presence, how we can host the presence of God, how we can have the presence of God uh, to, to, to be with us, to abide with us, how we can dwell and bask in God's presence. So encounter is, is, is there to help us. So it's a series of teachings uh, that will be assisting, that will be helping us, how we can get to that place, how we can be at that place. Uh, so today, our first uh, uh, thing that uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is what hinders us to be in God's presence. What hinders you to be in His presence? What hinders you to dwell in His presence? And what hinders most believers uh, is our sin. Is when we we are living a sinful life or when we have sinned. Sin separates us from God. Sin removes us from God. When we don't know what the Word of God says concerning when they sin, we, we start to shy away. We remove ourselves. Not necessarily that God uh, Himself does remove, but we remove ourselves from the presence of God because we don't know what happens when we sin. We don't know what we should, we should do when we get to that place. So I'm just going to share with you. Sin is a hindrance. I'm just going to share with you what does the Word of God say. Uh, so that we can be, we can be able to host God's presence when sin happens in our life. Let's just open our Bibles in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter seven and verse fourteen. Second Chronicles, chapter seven and verse fourteen. All right, so I'm going to read here from the New King James Version. 
it says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land if they turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin so like I've said that we are getting into a season where we need to understand how to host the presence of God. It's an encounter. How do I get to be in a place where I am with the presence of God 24-7? And I said the hindrance for most of us is sin. When we sin or when sin has happened and we have sin in our lives, we, we run away from the presence of God. We don't want to face God. We don't want to be in God's presence. Listen, the Bible tells us in the book of, of, of Genesis chapter 3 that after Adam and Eve has sinned, uh, had sinned and God came to encounter them as the custom was that God would come in the cool of day and he would uh, fellowship with Adam and he would fellowship with Eve. But on the particular day that sin entered, they rebelled against God. The Bible says, Adam ran away from the presence of God. So you realize most of the times it is you that runs away from the presence of God. It is you that stops God from coming. When God comes to encounter with you, you don't want to be at the place where you're meeting with God. Why? Because your sin is always standing before you or you are condemning yourself because of this. So the Bible says, Adam he took uh, leaves and, and he sewed a garment to hide his nakedness because the sin that he had committed exposed his nakedness or it made him to become naked before God. So as a result, he was not comfortable being present uh, in, in the presence of God. So, so this is what sin does. When people sin, we become, you know, we, we are not comfortable being in the presence of God. That's why you find people don't come to church when they've sinned. Friday night, they were in the club. Saturday night, they were in the club. Come Sunday morning, they shy away from the presence of God. You're not the first one. Adam did the very same thing. So meaning, if, if you don't know how to deal with sin, you don't know how to remove sin, if you don't know how to approach the aspect of sin in your life, you shall forever be running away from the presence of God, just as Adam was. Until God presented himself, God called out Adam. He said, where are you? Adam says, you know what, this woman that you gave me, Adam started to blame others. Sometimes this is what exactly happens when we are filled with condemnation. We start to look for reasons why this or that should have happened. We start to look for weaknesses and that weakness and that weakness as to why this thing has happened. So Adam began to point fingers. And in the process of pointing fingers, God uh, called Adam to come and called uh, God. The Bible says he, he killed an animal and he covered them. God covered their shame. It was God who covered their nakedness. It was God who covered their sin. It was God who, who paid the price in a way of Adam's sin. So, so here the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name, sometimes because of sin, we are ashamed to be called by God's name. Sometimes because of sin, we are ashamed to go to the place of prayer. When people sin, they don't want to pray. When people sin, they don't want to read the Bible. When people are living a life of sin, they don't want anything to do with church. You try to do follow-up, they don't want to see the pastor. They don't want anything to do with the pastor. Why? Because sin causes them to move away from the presence of God. Because sin removes them from the place where they can encounter God. Sin removes them from the place where God can 
minister into their life. So the number one hindrance is sin, and with sin comes condemnation. Because after sin, the you know condemnation comes a, a reminder from the devil, a reminder from the devil that you are not standing in the place where you are supposed to be standing, that you are not found in the place where you are supposed to be found. A reminder that condemns you, that puts sin before you when you want to go into God's presence. That sin comes out. Why? Because of condemnation. So we see here when uh, when when Adam was experiencing condemnation that he hid from the presence of God, that he could not encounter God. That's when the Bible says God slaughtered an animal and he covered them with the animal skin. God covered their shame. God covered their nakedness. So the Bible says here, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek and turn from their wicked ways, repent from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I, God is placing himself as the, the one that covers our sin. God is placing himself as the one that is responsible for the forgiving of our sins. Our responsibility says if my people who are called shall humble, we go before the Lord with humbleness. We go to the throne of grace knowing that, listen, I have messed up. I have done something wrong. But for me to be made pure, I need the same God, the same God that created me, the same God that I want, you know, I, I want to be in his presence. He is the same one that covers my shame, that covers my sin, that removes my condemnation. So he says, if they humble themselves, if they seek my face. So it is our responsibility to go back to God. It is your responsibility when you have sinned to go before the Lord so that God can forgive you. You know how, how sometimes as humans when we, we do wrong to each other, maybe in a marriage setup, maybe in a relationship setup, maybe it's siblings, maybe it's, it's, it's child and parent, you know, in that particular setup. Sometimes we take time. People take time to recover. You don't talk to the person because you want time to recover. Sometimes we think that's the same way with God. People say, you know what, I'm not coming to church whilst the sin is still fresh. I'll be in God's presence when the sin, you know, when I have recovered from my shame, when I have recovered. Listen, here's what the Bible says. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and they shall seek me, turn from their wicked ways, your responsibility is to still go back in God's presence. To say, Father, here I am. I have messed up. I have sinned. I've done wrong. When you read the Bible, uh, in the book of Luke, it, it, it gives us the, the, the parable of the prodigal son. I believe Luke chapter 15, the parable of the prodigal son. says, when the son had swandered everything that he had swandered, the son was ashamed that he did not want to go back to the father's house. But he lived with pigs. The reason why he was living with pigs is because he was ashamed of what he had done. But in his state of, of, of being ashamed, this is what Jesus said. He said, the son came back to his senses. The son realized that it is my responsibility to go back into my father's presence. So we have a lot of prodigals that are running away from the presence of God. But I'm here to call you out. I'm here to encourage you that it is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to go back to your loving father. It is your responsibility to come back to your senses. This is my prayer for you. Maybe sin pushed you away from the presence of God. You could not encounter him the way that you did. Sometimes you're not praying the way that you were praying before because of sin that is present in your life. Because of sin that is, you know, the devil is ever bringing it up, accusing you. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. But like the prodigal son, 
the son that swandered everything the son that that destroyed everything the inheritance that the father had for him says he came to his senses and he realized that i have to be in my father's house i don't know who i'm talking to i don't know who i am encouraging but this is my prayer for you that you come to a realization that you ought to be in your father's house you ought to be you know figuratively i'm saying father's house but you can encounter god's presence in your bedroom in your house with your family in your car at your workplace wherever you are in the road walking you can encounter god for you to get to that place of encounter you have to come to your realization it says if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves shall seek my face and turn from their wicked ways a point of turning the point of realization is your point of turning i don't know who's 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 supposed to come to that place of turning to a point of realization that i need to be in god's presence listen if you want water to drink water you can never run away from it but you can run to it majority of us we want his presence the house is like a deer that panted for the water there are many deers that are running away many believers running away from the water that we are so much desperately in need for so how do i do it pastor maybe that's your question i have come to this place pastor i've listened to what you're saying pastor i want to get to a place where i can go back i can encounter god like before i can have a relationship that i used to have with god how do i get there let's open our bibles in the book of first john chapter 2 I'm going to read uh, verse 1 and verse 2 but 1b is important. 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to read from the New Living Bible. It says, "My little children, I am telling you this so that you stay away from sin. If but if you sin, there is someone to plead for you before the Father. His name is Jesus Christ, the one who is all that is good." and who pleases God completely. You hear what the Bible says? Say so stay away from sin. Run away from sin. But if any does sin, but if it happens that you sin, but if it happens, it's, it, this is not a license to say go and sin. But in such circumstances that maybe anger fails you. In such circumstances maybe you are, you are so tempted by the Delilah that you could not hold or you know keep yourself away. I'm not saying go and do it, but I'm saying if it does happen, maybe there was a handsome David coming away and you couldn't just but resist. But the Bible is saying, stay away from sin. But if it it so happens that you sin, there is someone to plead for you before the Father. And it says, and his name is Jesus Christ. There is someone on who's already on standby on your behalf and that person's name is Jesus. There is someone that is saying, you know what? I am ready to to advocate i am ready to speak concerning you i am ready to stand before the father when it comes to you but if any does sin there is one that pleads there is one that goes before the father our advocate our own lawyer who is jesus says his name is jesus the one who is all good the one that pleases god that pleases him completely and in verse 2 says he is the one who took god's wrath against our sins not only the sins that you had before you were saved you were saved but uh, he took the wrath of god against our sins our sins the ones before you were saved the ones after you were saved he said it he took our sins upon himself 
and brought us into fellowship with God. So the purpose of Jesus taking our sins away was to bring us to a place of fellowship, which is the place of encounter. Sin hinders encounter. But when you realize how Christ dealt with sin, when you realize that there is one that pleads in the presence of the Father, the one who took the wrath of the Father, who, which was against us, which was against our sins, he took it upon himself. When you realize that, when you realize, he says, listen, if you have sinned, there is one that is for you, the one that has already paid the price for that sin, the one that has already cleansed you from that sin, says he took it upon himself and he brought us into fellowship so that he may bring us to the place of encounter, he might bring us to a place where we can be in the presence of God, unashamed, unashamed, and you know, not not feeling the not having the feeling of condemnation. Why? Because he took away the wrath, he paid the price. And that person says his name is Jesus Christ. So he took it upon himself and brought us into a place of fellowship with God. And he is the forgiveness of our oh, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. Oh, Kosa Tabayakata. I like this one. He he is the one who took God's wrath against our sins upon himself, and he brought us into fellowship with God. And he is the forgiveness of our sins. The appropriation of our sins. The forgiveness of our sins. So in Christ, we have found forgiveness of our sins. He is the forgiveness. Oh, I don't know if somebody's hearing what I'm saying. Christ is the forgiveness. And not only for our sins only, but for the sins of the world. So this is good news. This is good news. My brother, my sister, you don't have to stay in condemnation anymore. You don't have to stay away, run away, shy away like the prodigal son who stayed away from the from his father's presence and, and he had to eat with the pigs. He had to eat, you know, he had to live in such a lifestyle that was void of the presence of God, that was void of the presence of his father. We have a loving father who had Jesus to be the forgiveness of our sin. We had Jesus, sent Jesus to take away the wrath of God that was against our sins, the sins that you did before you came to Christ. If you do sin now, he is the advocate to take away the wrath of God against that sin, meaning he purifies you, he makes you whole, he cleanses you before the presence of God so that you can have fellowship, so you can have encounter, so that you can go back to the presence of God so that you don't have to hide away. I know there are churches churches where we grew up, churches in, in, in the places where we come from that say, you know what, um, we want to, 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 to punish you because you it's a, a sort of penance. We put you under discipline. I'm not saying being put under discipline is wrong, but there's a wrong mentality that we think the person becomes holy because we have disciplined them. They become holy. Why? Because Jesus is the forgiveness of their sin. Oh, I don't know if somebody's hearing what I'm saying. The forgiveness of your sin is not in the penance you pay in your church. They put you under, they put you under, they put you under this, they put you under that because you've done something wrong. It's a good practice. It's a good practice. Why? Because we want people to be disciplined. But you have to understand that forgiveness does not come by discipline. Forgiveness before God does not come because we have placed you under discipline. Forgiveness from God comes when we realize that Jesus is the forgiveness of our sin. Jesus is 
is the one that paid the price, the advocate that is forever present before God to forgive us, to speak on our behalf. Through his, his blood, we have been forgiven. So you have to come to a realization of that. So the discipline that we put people in, in churches that do put discipline, that doesn't mean that that person has become holy because they've spent six months not doing this, not doing that. It just means we want to discipline you so that you come to a place where you understand how to control yourself, how to behave as a part of the organization, as a part of the body of Christ, not necessarily to make you whole or to make you clean because Jesus cleanses you, not the church discipline. So so I, I hope somebody's helped there. Let's read again First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1 verse 9. Let's start from verse 8. First John chapter 1 from verse 8. It says here, If we say that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. Right? Verse 9. But if we, fall, if we confess our sins to Him, He can be depended on. Oh, hallelujah. I like this one. If we confess our sins, He can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. And it is perfectly proper for God to do this for us because Jesus Christ died to wash our sins away. Oh, hallelujah. If we claim we have not sinned, we are lying and calling God a liar for he says we have sinned. And then it goes on to chapter 2, but I like it. I like it in chapter 9. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, to God, to Jesus, says he can, I can depend. If I confess my sins to God, listen, brother, let me tell you something. If you confess your sins to a brother in the church, that brother cannot be dependent or trusted that he will not condemn you. That brother cannot be dependent or trusted that he can forgive you for wrongdoing. You know, that he can bring you back to, your, to, to back to your place of fellowship. You know, sometimes even when pastors do something that is wrong, I'm not advocating for pastors doing anything that is wrong. You realize that as a pastor, constantly people are telling us, Pastor, I have fallen, Pastor, I've done this, Pastor. And we, we shepherd people, bring them back to God. But if a man of God does something that is wrong, my God, that God is in trouble. People will be speaking against him left, right and center. People want to see the downfall of that man of God because he has done something wrong. But listen here, this is what the Bible says. If we confess our sins to God, we can depend on God to forgive us. Oh, hallelujah. We can trust God to forgive us. Men will never forgive you. Men will never forget. Men will always be reminding, oh, it's that one. Oh, it's that brother. It's that pastor. It's that, it's that sister. It's that present worship leader. They did this. They did that. They always remind you of where you did wrong. They always bring it up. They don't forgive you. They condemn you. They want you not to, to, you know, to be doing or performing anything. But here what the Bible says, if we confess our sins to God, oh, shake me. This is something to celebrate. This is something, you know, to jump and run around. Why? Because says, if we confess our sins to God, He can be depended on to forgive us. This is the new living, uh, the, 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 the living Bible. It says He can be depended to forgive. I can depend on Him when I 
confess my sins. So instead of running away from God, the Bible says the prodigal son came to his senses and he went back to the father. When the father saw him, the father saw him, he embraced his son. This is a depiction of what happens to you as a believer when you have fallen from glory, when you have fallen backwards, maybe you have sinned, you have done something wrong. Run back to the father because the father can be depended upon to forgive you. The father can be depended on to forgive you and to cleanse you from every wrongdoing. Why? Because it is perfectly proper. This is what the living Bible says. Because it is perfectly proper for God to do this for us. It is proper for him. I cannot expect men to do that. But God can. I cannot ex expect a man to understand. Listen, the forgiveness that you need. If you have done something wrong, ask God for forgiveness. If you have done something wrong to people, ask them for forgiveness. But your dependency on forgiveness is coming from the Lord. It is not coming from men. It is not dependent on men. It is dependent on God. It is is not dependent on, on how good you are, what kind of a believer you are. It is dependent on the fact that it is perfectly proper for God to forgive you because Jesus died for us to wash away our sins. Jesus was the sacrifice. So the sacrifice Jesus, in chapter 2 he had said that he took the wrath of God that was against our sins. He took it upon himself and brought us into fellowship so we can depend that our sins will be forgiven because if we confess, he forgives us. He is faithful and just. That's what another version of the Bible says. It says, confess your sins for God is faithful and just. So he is faithful. I can depend on his faithfulness to forgive me. So sin is not a factor anymore. Sin is not something that you should count anymore as a factor that hinders you to come to a place of encounter with God. Because God is faithful. It is proper for God to forgive you. It is proper and, and it is just for Him to forgive you. You can trust Him to forgive you. And when God forgives you, He forgets about it. God starts afresh with you. When the prodigal son went back home, swandered all that he had, wasted all that the father, the inheritance he got from the father. When he got home, the father said, slaughter for my son. Slaughter for my son. Go and look for the best cow for him. This is the son who just wasted the father's inheritance, wasted the property the father gave him. But when he came back, the father embraced him, killed another cow for him. That's the love that God has for us. How, how can you stay away from this love? loving God. How can you push yourself away from this loving God? God killed an animal to cover up Adam's and Eve's shame. The same God embraced the prodigal son, kissed him. He gave him his clothing. He gave him his, his ring, his signet ring. And he said, slaughter, we are going to have a feast for that my son who was lost has been found again. We don't run away from his presence but we run to his presence now right where you are i don't know what you have done i don't know what you are condemning yourself with the Bible says there is no condemnation for those that are in christ jesus Con condemnation is a feeling of guilt a feeling of shame a constant reminder that you have done wrong there is no more condemnation there is no more guilt there is no more shame you are no longer a slave to sin, but you are now a child of God. So if, 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 if you've been feeling condemned, you've been feeling shamed, you've been running away from the presence of God, I just want you to pray with me at this moment. Just take a couple of minutes. You
you too can encounter the presence of God. You too can back, get back to the presence of God. You too can, you know, maybe you have backslid and you can get that relationship that you had with God. The father embraced the son, kissed him, had a fist for him. And, 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 and the Bible says, and the elder brother who did not go anywhere was angry that the father. There are many people in your church where if that would be angry at you. Oh, he did this, he did that. But our loving father, God, will embrace us, welcome us, host a party for us. Why? Because he's such a God that loves it. He loves us. It's proper him for him to do that. So let us pray. Pray right where you are. That Father, forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. You know, pray with confidence. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes and purifies me. I thank you, Father, that you forgive, that you are faithful and just to forgive my sins. I ask for forgiveness. I have backslidden. I have gone back from the place where I'm supposed to be. Father, I pray if you hadn't received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you're saying, Man of God, I've been listening to what you've been saying, and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. I receive you, I receive your forgiveness, I receive the forgiveness of my sins, of each and every one of my sins and I repent from all of them and I pray now and I believe that I am your child I receive you as my Lord my Savior and my King and my God and my Lord I am blood washed and I believe that I've, I've been made pure I've been made brand new in your presence and I surrender my life to you right now Pray this prayer, let me pray for you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' mighty name. For those that have prayed, rededicated their lives again to you, for those that have given their lives uh, to you, that have received salvation, I pray that you fill them with the Holy Spirit right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. I pray that you anoint them, that you touch their lives, that you fill them with power, with the power from on high, with your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for each and every one of them in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are sick and you need healing in your body, right where you are, place your hand where that sickness is. Place your hand where you feel that pain. Place your hand whether it's, it's all over your body, wherever you're feeling that pain, wherever that part of the body that is not well, place your hand right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command the sickness out of your body. In Jesus' mighty name, I speak healing right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive your healing. If you've been praying for one thing or the other, you're praying for an open door, receive open doors. I declare from today the favor of the Lord is upon you. Maybe you've been applying for a job. I speak that you receive that job, that you receive that breakthrough. In the mighty name of Jesus, God bless you. This is Apostle Michael. See you again on another episode of Encounter in God's Presence.